Chapter 39 They ran out of the tunnel and dashed across the open space, stopping at the corner of a building along the edge of the courtyard. Guards swarmed through the keep in chaos. The alarm had stirred them up, but they had yet to notice Finn and Armand. Finn jerked Betsy from her robe and primed the pan. Why didn't I listen to Jack? She should have been afraid, terrified even, but the only thing she felt was anger. When the gun was ready to fire, she nodded at Armand. He split his lips and grinned. A malevolent sight. We must be quick, Cherie. Do not hesitate. Do not stop. His hideous grin fell flat and he twirled the knife in his half-hand. And do not let them take you alive. They stepped around the corner. A group of armed men had gathered before the gatehouse. They raised their blades and rushed forward. Finn and Armand charged. When she was within feet of the guards, Finn raised Betsy and fired. The blunderbuss coughed out a fury of smoke and pepper shot that sprayed the entire group in front of her. The foremost guards crumpled to the ground, and those behind tripped and stumbled over them. Betsy's shot left a billow of smoke that bellied out and drifted hazily along the courtyard. Finn angled her run to put the cloud between her and the rest of the guard. She bounded onto a stack of crates and leapt onto a stair leading up the wall to the battlement. Armand panted behind her and kept at her heels, urging her onward. Fly, girl! Finn reached the top of the battlement and ran toward the gate. In the courtyard below, the guards recovered. A man in a tasseled cap pointed up at Finn and shouted orders. Guards raced up the stairs behind her. When Finn reached the eastern corner of the keep, she flew out into the flat of the bailey and skidded to a halt. Guards were coming toward her down the battlement of the north wall. There was nowhere else to run. She climbed atop the stone parapet and the roofs of Tripoli spread out below her. Armand! He leaned against the wall and panted. Armand, we have to jump! Finn bent down and reached for him. Armand waved her off. I cannot, Sherry. He flipped one of his knives around and caught it by the blade. Save me, Sherry. And then save yourself. He held the handle of his knife toward her, urging her to take it. When she hesitated, he raised his chin and drew a finger across his neck. He thrust the knife toward her again. Do it! Finn shook her head. I won't. Come on! The guards were nearly upon them. A musket shot whistled past her ear. Armand raised his arm and offered his knife again. She grabbed him and pulled him atop the wall. Another musket ball struck the stone at her feet and raised a puff of powdered rock. Ready? said Finn. Armand clearly wasn't, but he nodded anyway. Finn jumped. The span wasn't great, and the rooftop of the adjoining building was lower than the top of the wall. Her knees buckled when she landed. She rolled with the impact and came up on her feet. Armand wasn't with her. He was still atop the keep. Armand, jump! He looked down at the gulf between them raised one hand to her, and smiled. Au revoir, chérie. He turned his back to her and looked down at the guards gathering around him in the bailey. A musket shot pierced his shoulder. Then, with knives at his fingertips, he leapt upon the men below. In the brief second between his leap and his passing from her sight, Finn saw his lips curled upward. She gathered one last appraisal of Armand's wicked smile. There was no valor in it no bravery, no sacrificial calm. There was nothing but the promise of a bloodletting. The hairs of her neck stood on end, and she felt relief that she'd never more have to endure the corrupt joy of that smile. Then, beyond the parapet, in the distance, a face appeared in the highest window of the keep. 
It was an oval of ivory white skin that stood out like a beacon against the gray stone. Locks of yellow hair tumbled down around it. The Countess. Her eyes met Finn's, and for the smallest instant Finn felt she knew her, or that they knew each other. A musket shot punched into the rooftop near Finn's feet. She turned from the Countess and fled. She lit across the rooftops, leaping from building to building, ever lower, ever closer to the waterfront. The streets below were in chaos as dozens of guards poured through the crowds with their eyes up to the sky looking for her. Finn spotted the masts of the Fiddler's Green and cut a direct course across the rooftops. She glimpsed Nut on the mainmast. He was shifting from side to side and craning his neck to get a look at the source of the musket fire. Finn stopped and crouched down, out of sight of the people in the streets below. She fished Betsy out of her robe, reloaded her, then raised the gun into the air and fired. The shot crackled through the air, and Nut froze. Finn waved her arms. When Nut spotted her, he slunk around the mast to hide on the other side, and then peeked out from behind it. Finn snatched off her tasseled cap and shook out her hair. Nut, she shouted, it's me! Nut hesitated a moment more, then pointed at her and shouted down toward the deck. When he looked up again, he waved and smiled. Now she just had to buy Jack time to get the ship moving. The gunshot had done more than get Nut's attention. It had also given her away to every guard around. She peeked over the edge of the roof at the street below where a dozen men were running toward the building. She pulled her head back and waited, tucking her hair under her cap again. The men below banged on the door and cried out until someone inside answered. Finn waited for them to enter the building, then slipped over the edge of the rooftop and dropped onto the street. She stepped into the crowd in hopes of fading into it, but a raised voice from the rooftop behind her caused everyone in the street to stop and look up. One of the guards on the roof was pointing down at her, and amid the swarms of bronze-skinned and black faces, there was no doubt of who the intruder was. The guard spat out words and gesticulated madly. A man beside Finn grabbed her. She twisted her arm loose and tried to run, but she was enmeshed in a tangle of arms and hands. They grabbed her clothes, her hair, her arms and legs. They hit and scratched at her. People pressed in around her and seemed to suck all the air out of her lungs. The heat of their nearness threatened to suffocate her. At first she only twisted and turned, but soon panic pushed her into the mindset of a fight. A jerk became a drawback for a punch. A twist, an opportunity to strike. She lashed out with elbows and knees and even bit into an arm when it presented itself. Her pocket of space within the crowd began to widen, and when she saw a gap, she exploited it. A small sliver of light opened among the limbs of the crowd, not enough to run through but enough to suggest a weakness. Finn twisted violently to free herself, then stretched one arm out to the light and lurched toward it. As quickly as it had appeared, it vanished again. But it didn't matter. That it had been there at all meant that the crowd was thinner in that direction. Finn's elbows flew wild. She shuffled her feet forward an inch, a foot, a full stride. And then she was loose. Air rushed into her lungs, cool and full of sea-scented air. She ran. She pushed men aside and flung women to the ground if they crossed her path. Behind her, the sound of the mob clamored and swelled with the threat of violence. Her fight had left her turned around with no clear idea of the way to the ship. She scanned the air over the rooftops, hoping to spot a mast, but saw nothing. When she reached a cross street, she turned and knew immediately that she had gone the wrong way. Even as she was turning left, she saw the sun reflecting off the water of the harbor to the right, but she couldn't afford to correct her course. 
If she slowed for even a second, the crowd would be upon her. She'd have to circle back around. She darted left again at the next corner and found herself in an alleyway so narrow that two men couldn't walk through it abreast. Good, she thought. That'll slow down the crowd. When she turned left out of the alley, she'd come full circle and ran right up against the tail end of the mob that was chasing her. Men had their fists in the air as they surged forward. They raised themselves up on their toes, stretching their necks out to see the subject of all the commotion in front of them. Finn smiled to herself as she plunged into him and pressed forward. The men behind her raced out of the alleyway and closed upon the rear of their own horde like a serpent engorged on its own tail. Finn squeezed through the throngs of people until she reached the intersection. To the right, the road to the harbor was open and clear. She slipped out of the chaos and walked calmly, trying not to draw attention. The noise faded behind her as she reached the waterfront. Jack had the fiddler's green loose of its moorings and was at the rail with one hand up to his eyes, looking down the street for her return. Finn waved and hurried aboard. Where's Armand? said Jack. Finn ignored him. She shouted for the plank to be drawn and sails to be set. The fiddler's green stirred into motion. As they pulled away from the quayside, the mob burst around the corner and rushed the ship. Several men leapt from the pier and rolled onto the deck. Jack had prepared the crew well. They fell on the boarders with knives and swords and pushed them overboard into the harbor. When the ship was too far from the pier to be threatened by the crowd, Finn breathed a sigh of relief. But as they gathered speed, the entire harbor turned against them. Small, single-masted ships crowded with Barbary sailors took shots at them with their cannons and muskets. Their cannons threw chain shot. It scattered across the decks and tore through the rigging, leaving ropes tattered and limp. Musket shot popped against the gunnels and crackled through the air. The crew stooped each time a shot rang out. They'd gone from the lazy boredom of a hot afternoon to the driven quarry of a hungry fleet in the space of seconds. It unnerved them. Set the foresail, ordered Finn. A sailor next to her hauled himself into the rigging to comply and was immediately unheaded by chain shot. His body crashed through the ropes and dropped onto the deck in front of Finn. Finn didn't spare time to mourn or pause in shock. She stepped over the body and shouted her orders again. Set the foresail! The crew around her was motionless in consideration of their unflinching captain and the dead boy at her feet. Finn felt her anger rising, but before she could speak, the crew acted. Fearless now, they scampered up the lines. They held to their work. The sails rustled out and unfurled high and tight. The ship gathered speed and Finn ran to the helm to stand beside Topper. Cannon fire came from every direction. It sounded like the first drops of a monstrous summer rain on the roof of the orphanage. A mist of gun smoke rose around them. The Barbary ships were like the mob that chased her, not knowing the aim or reason for the pursuit, but hungry and wanton and ready to stir themselves for the sake of violence. A ship ahead of them tried to tack alongside. Its crew lined the rails with grappling hooks in hand. Finn pointed, Topper! I see him! Topper rolled the wheel and the fiddler's green dug her bow into the side of the ship. Hooks flew. Topper heaved the wheel over again and the fiddler's green briefly mounted the smaller vessel amidships before driving it in twain with her keel. The men who had thrown their hooks hauled themselves aboard and charged, but the ready crew fought back the boarders and cast them into the sea. Dozens of ships swarmed around and in front of them. Jack raged across the deck, directing each man to his line, swearing, spitting, stomping his wooden leg like a gavel. The sails were nearly all flown. 
The ship rose high in the water, climbing the waves and hammering them down. Barbary pirates arrayed their ships before them like a man-wrought island of timber and iron. What do you think, Finn? said Topper. Clear us a path, said Finn. She ran to the quarterdeck rail and shouted, Take cover! The crew dropped out of the ropes and knelt at the rails. They packed their muskets and drew swords. Jack, help me hold her true, said Topper. She'll buckle wild when we hit. Topper moved to one side and Jack stepped to the wheel. They each took it in both hands. They spread their feet and readied themselves. The first small ship in their path slid easily along the shear line and passed behind without incident. Then it got bumpy. Topper drove down anything in their path. Some ships hauled to the side and peppered them with chain shot as they passed. Some sent boarders across. Finn and the crew held the deck. The air sizzled and popped around them. A steady surge of boarders clambered over the rails. They grappled and cut, bled and died. Finn skewered a pirate as he attacked one of her crewmen. When the crewman turned to thank her, a cannonball blasted him into the sea. Finn scarcely noticed. Another boarder had already replaced him. The deck was a battlefield. The maddened pirates didn't slacken their fire, even to save their own. Their guns killed boarder and crew alike. More and more men leapt aboard amid the unceasing cannon and musket fire. The fiddler's green shuddered and lurched as it rode ships down or drove them aside, but Topper and Jack steered them true. The ship's speed was such that they barreled through the clog like a juggernaut, plowing a furrow of rack and destruction. And when they gained fair sea at last, a flotsam miles long seethed in their wake.